1: Welcome to Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. We're part of the Blue Iron Network. I'm Ricky O'Donnell. As always, I'm here with Jason Pat. And we got a special guest on today to talk about the draft pick that the Blazers owe the Bulls from one of my favorite independent basketball newsletters, the Rose Garden Report. It's Sean Hyken, who's covering the Trailblazers for us. Uh, We'll get to hiking in a sec, but Jace, I guess the big news of the week, from the Bulls' perspective, the only news of the week, is that Alex Caruso has made first-team all-defense. Caruso, playing 67 games, mostly off the bench for the Bulls this year, finished first in the league in defensive EPM, uh, so definitely had the metrics to back up the eye test that Alex Caruso is a goddamn monster on the defensive end and he earns the first team all defense nod. So some people uh, who cover other teams being, you know, maybe a little skeptical of AC making it. I thought it was very well deserved. I was a bit surprised he made it just given that, you know, he plays less minutes than a lot of the other guys who are in contention for that honor. But Jace, uh, what was your just immediate reaction to Caruso making first team all defense? Yeah,
2: absolutely deserved. Uh, you will mention some of the metrics uh, and he just, Kills it, and you just watch him play. I mean, it, the eye test—like the dude is a maniac on the defensive end. Uh, he's all over the place. I know our guy Steph No always loves pointing out just how much he loves watching Caruso and just all the little stuff that he does. Uh, just a genius level defender. Uh, and the Bulls—I mean, we, <laughs> the Bulls sucked this year for the most part, of course. But all year they had. <laughs> A de- great defense, and they finished, I believe, top five, depending on where you look. I know at NBA.com they were top five, I'm not sure, some whatever, some of the other places have different calculations, but basically a top five defense from a team that st- played Nikola Vucevic, DeMar DeRozan, and Zach Levine. Huge minutes, um, and Alex Crusoe, huge part of that. Again, some of that was the bench, uh, the bench unit was really good defensively, but even then, like, whatever, when they when they brought Pat Beverly in too as well, and they had those two guys kind of man in the. Sh- uh, running the show defensively, uh, helping cover those guys. I mean, that was basically like the poor man's Lonzo on defense with that. Uh, but yeah. The Bulls had a top five defense Had no, feel like they had no business doing that. And Alex Cruz played a huge part of that. Was a little surprised that, that he did get that recognition. I thought he, he would definitely get second team. Wasn't sure if he'd get first, but totally a well-deserved honor for him. Uh, he helped prop up that defense into uh, a bent, basically an elite unit. I don't, like I said, I don't know if they were, actually like an elite unit like if they actually would have somehow gotten the playoffs like do i think the bucks would have smashed all over their defense probably but uh in the regular season they were an elite level defense for much of the for basically all the season for much of the season uh, and they ended up ranking again top five so kudos to alex caruso well-deserved honor love to see it we all love ac now some team needs to go give us like three first round draft picks for him
1: I was saying two first-round draft picks for him <laughs> yeah. during the trade deadline. Two is, I, yeah. <laughs> sure. I feel pretty justified in asking for that. And honestly, as we bring in Heike in here, I feel like you know the Knicks were maybe the team that could have traded multiple picks for Caruso, but the Knicks only wanted to trade one pick for their last piece, and they ended up making a trade with the Blazers to get Josh Hart, and Josh Hart was phenomenal for the knicks pretty much up until this series when i think for the regular season josh hart hit like 51 percent of his threes or something for the knicks after they acquired him he was on fire as a shooter again uh in the first round series win against the calves and now josh hart back to shooting about 25 percent, i believe in this series against miami so hiking first of all what's going on dude long time no see uh how's life how you doing
3: it's kind of I was I think I was the first guest you guys ever had on cash considerations. And Hell now yeah. it took a bunch of you know arcane draft pick protection minutia <laughs> to get me back on. So I'm glad, I'm glad we were able to make that happen.
1: Yeah, I think that like the Bulls do not have a pick this year because it is traded to the Orlando Magic top four protected.
3: There's a chance uh, I can will be in the building. I will be oh, in the building. What? that's monday night tuesday tuesday, tuesday, night. Yeah, yeah. tuesday. i'm actually going to be in the actual room where they draw the balls too which yeah. i've never done before the and, like because the way because the way they do it i think they like they have you can go cover the lottery which is bait which i've done before which is basically just you get to be in the audience for what they right. show on espn yeah but then there's a smaller number of media members that they let in the actual room to watch them draw the names out in real time. Basically, they want media members in there watching them do it just so they can be like, hey, see, look, it's not, it's not rigged. rigged. Yeah. <laughs> and then what they do for that is they're going to take away all of our phones and computers and stuff until they actually show it on TV. So I will, I will know the results of the lottery where the Blazers, the team that I cover, have a 10 and percent chance of getting Victor Wembanyama. So I will know the results of that and how that's going about an hour before the world does, but I won't be able to tell anybody. So that's going to be interesting.
1: Wow. Can you like give us some sort of like signal to like <laughs> let us know if the Bulls is going to top 4 pick like <laughs> What can we do here so you can
3: communicate this to us? I don't know, uh, smoke signals uh I don't know. Oof. We'll figure the, something out. The
2: Chicago Blackhawks just got the number one pick. I uh, saw that. And the, there were people uh, ca- talking about rigging that because there was something weird, I think, with like the. I don't yeah, know, I the saw audience. some stuff
3: about that. Chicago's yeah. on quite a run with getting yeah, the number one right. pick the, in various drafts. Yes, the Bears, the Bears. got it. Of I mean, although the Bears one wasn't a lottery. They just had the worst record in the NFL. So.
2: Yeah. Still, they got number one pick in a very lucky fashion because Lovey Smith gave them the yeah, well, with the a miracle last second win for the Texans in that last week 18 game. Yeah, they got the one pick, of course, they traded it, but still, and then the Blackhawks win it, and they're gonna get Connor Bedard, similar, uh, whatever with Wemby, a similar like level, like transcendent talent, it seems, right. So, like, Rig the lottery for the Blackhawks. I tweeted right after that happened, like rig the lottery. Part one complete. Now we need the lottery to be rigged for the Bulls because the Bulls, of course, they only have a
3: one point. What is it? One point eight percent chance and to get the number one pick. Isn't 8. that 5. the same 3%. percent? I, I was listening to Goff the other day. and Wasn't that this? Isn't that the same percentage chance they had the year that they got Derrick Rose? One point seven
2: was, I okay. believe, the Derrick Rose one. So yeah, it's yeah. very close. So maybe it'll hap- happen again. They have an 8.5% chance to keep the pick because then again, it's top four protected to Orlando. So most likely this pick is going to Orlando. Uh the Bulls also could have gotten a pick from Portland this year, but because um, but Portland tanked the hell out of the season. They obviously sat dame the rest of the year. They were kind of middling along. They tanked again, yeah. As Sean said, they are now in the fifth lottery slot, 10 and a half, 10.5% chance to get the number one pick. That pick is something we're gonna talk about right now. And we've talked about this before. Uh, because the Bulls have such so so little draft capital, and the Blazers who are looking to obviously build a better team around Damian Lillard before if he ever actually asks out, um, the protections on this draft pick that the Bulls got this is from what the, the Lowry right L- Lowry Derek Jones yep uh, yeah this uh, was this right? was a. Uh...
3: This was this was a Neil Olshe special. Yeah, the weird, summer, weird. A, the offseason after he traded two fa- first rounders for Robert Covington, he then traded a first rounder that's lottery protected through twenty twenty eight. Yes, for uh, Larry Nance Jr. in the three team deal that sent Lowry Markin into uh, the Cleveland. Cavs and Derek Jones Jr. to Chicago. Yes,
2: yeah, so so, through right. through twenty twenty eight. So like, and it's lottery protected each season. Me and Ricky were talking before, and I was like. Like, how are there? How is this lottery protected? Like how the didn't the Bulls not get any like better protections, like declining protections? Either way, it is through twenty twenty eight. Just a weird, weirdly protected pick, and because of that, and because of the stepping rule, like the Blazers then also have uh, restrictions on what they can trade. We whatever they are looking to trade for a better player to play next to Dame uh, and get another star possibly, and they have these restrictions because they have this pick locked up with the Bulls. So, something people have been wondering is like, can the Bulls and Blazers work something out where, whatever, they take this, maybe lighten some of those protections, uh, so then they could kind of free up their future draft capital and that the Bulls could, uh, maybe give them a better chance of getting draft capital maybe now? I saw, I've seen people talk about, well, maybe the Bulls can get the 20 number 23 pick that, um, that is that New York traded for Josh Hart that the Blazers have this season as a possibility. Sean, what, uh, kind of where where are you on this? What do you think the Blazers should do? Do you think they will do something like that to try to free up something, to try to, whatever, make a big move to help out Dame?
3: The impression that I've gotten is that the Blazers' front office feels like if they need to get this draft pick freed up and this draft capital freed up, they're going to be able to. I don't know exactly what the machinations of that. I mean, as you said, I think the cleanest way for it to resolve itself would be just Give Chicago that number 23 pick, which is roughly the equivalent pick of what they would have gotten from Portland if the pick had conveyed and just call it good. That would be the cleanest way to do that. I don't know if I don't know what Portland's plans are with that 23rd pick. They might even if they want to trade their lottery pick for an upgrade, uh, maybe they want to keep that pick and get a late first rounder. Maybe they offer Chicago like they have a ton of second rounders. They got five second rounders in the Gary Payton trade maybe they offer them like a pile of second rounders and maybe that's enough for the bulls to, because the bulls I don't think have very many second rounders either, because no, they, they kind don't. of give those away. So <laughs> yeah. maybe they offer Chicago like a bunch of second rounders to, to, to lift the, to, to give back the protections, or maybe, you know, there, there's a whole bunch of different permutations of it, which I, I, I wrote something a couple weeks ago that kind of went through all of this. Uh, but, you know, they, they could just trade for their own pick back outright, whether that's with that 23rd pick or a bunch of seconds, or a player, or you know whatever the case may be, or they could just say, "Hey, uh, right now the pick is protected through 2028. Let's amend the end date on the protection and say that it's protected through 2025, and we'll give you a second round pick to do that for us, or some, or, or you know, or or they just like change the you know th- th- there are there are like a lot of different ways that they could yeah. do it, but I've I don't know I'm not I'm not in the room, I'm not on the phone while Joe Cronin and Arturis Karnashovas are negotiating this stuff, but I've, from talking to different people in the organization, I've gotten the impression that the Blazers are not worried about being able to do this if they have to.
1: Heiken, uh, do you think the Blazers will make the playoffs by 2028 so the Bulls can get this pick, potentially?
3: I mean, they would certainly hope so. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, I mean, they, did, they didn't plan on doing this this year like they came into the season you know they traded Jer- they traded for jeremy grant before last season and they almost even went further into you know going all in on the win now stuff they talked pretty seriously with toronto on draft night about og ananobi and i think they were talking with orlando or not orlando atlanta about uh john collins at one point like they had different you know w- moves they were looking at and i think at, at, at a certain point like why i think while they were on the clock they decided that Shaden Sharp was like a higher upside you know, play than, you know, trading that pick plus other stuff for OG and like they, and so what they tried to do this year was kind of the two timeline, you know, the, the, what the warriors are kind of doing right now or, and you know, you can where land wherever you want to land on how successful they are with that. But the, the two timelines thing where it's like, Hey, we've got veterans with Dame in the starting lineup, but then we're also got, you know, Shaden Sharp and like all these young guys that we're trying to develop at the same time. That's kind of the, approach that they tried to take and it obviously did not work out well the team they, you know, they were pretty good the first little bit of the season and then once their main guys started getting hurt you know dame missed a couple of stints with the calf injury nurkic missed a bunch of time simon's missed a little bit of time jeremy grant missed a little bit of time pretty much all their main guys missed time at some point point. and the problem that they ran into was they just did not have any depth at all behind those guys and so suddenly You know, Tion Johnson is having to play a lot of minutes, or you know, just all all these all these guys like Drew Eubanks had to start at center for like half the season, and Drew Eubanks is a fine like third or fourth big. But once Nurkic went out, they just did not have any depth there. And I think the sense I've gotten is that the Blazers front office kind of learned from like doing it that way is not it, and they're gonna they're gonna do what they can to try to you know make sure like maybe instead of like one through five on their roster being veterans that you know you can count on maybe like one through 10 or one through 11 is like guys that you know are going to be playable in kind of those spots so i would say yes the bull or the blazers will make the playoffs before 2028 i think they would like it to be next season but (laughs) i mean i think that's i think that's what everybody's hoping for
2: yeah um I mean, Dame basically brought it up too, right? I mean, Dame was basically like, "I don't really have time for these young guys." Like, I, as much yeah. as you like love Shad and Sharp, like,
3: he's really young. He was he was one of the younger players in the draft, right? I mean, just mm-hmm. one of the most not only yeah. youngest but also least experienced yeah. because he he was on the team at Kentucky, but he didn't actually play, right? So he basically even though you know he he had like. You know, there's Ricky knows this as well as anybody because he follows the draft as closely as anybody. But usually, even guys who are really good college players have kind of a learning curve going from college to the pros. Shaden basically had to skip over that step and then go from the last time he played against other people was in high school, and then go right from that to the NBA. And you know, it was predictably up and down. But I think at the you know towards the end of the season, he showed enough that I. I honestly, like, I don't think anything is 100% off the table, but I think he might have actually played himself out of being traded. Wow. Wow. Heiken, uh, I knew that
1: the Blazers tanked because none other than Ryan Archie Diakono started four games oh for them. God. I never thought Ryan Archie Diacono would start another NBA game after he left the loving embrace of Jim Boylan, but what <laughs> was it like covering the Blazers? In that stretch run, I believe I saw that the last two years combined after the All-Star break, the Blazers have won seven games combined in two years after the All-Star break. Uh, to me, like after they hired Mike Schmidt, who I think is like the best in the business in terms of uh, covering the draft, knowing young basketball prospects around the world, I kind of thought like, yeah, a lot of people in the media believe that the Blazers are going to like trade everything they have to make a run at, you know, a uh, top half of the Western conference seed. But I'm like, I don't know. You only hire Mike Schmitz if you kind of want to build through the draft. So uh, I guess my first question is like, what was that stretch run like for the Blazers? Because you had my boy, John Butler getting <laughs> minutes there. Uh, maybe the skinniest guy in the NBA. I think he's like, he's seven-
3: putting on for us skinny boys. I, I, I love that representation. Seven foot, two hundred pounds. I think. For I probably, people. I probably like proportionally. I'm five foot nine. I'm not as tall as him, but I think proportionally, if I was his height, like he would probably weigh more than me. He is
1: a string bean.
3: Mm. Uh, but like, what was that like covering the team at the end of the season? Because that was just loss after loss after loss. This year was a little bit more tolerable to co- to watch and to cover. I would say than last year, because at least this year you could look at it and say, you know, Shaden Sharp is kind of getting to just be the guy and, you know, get out there and get extended reps. And that, that is a guy that they view as like one of the, you know, cornerstones of, of the franchise going forward. So it's good to see him get out there. And, you know, other, other like the young guys that were getting minutes, like, you know, Jabari Walker, who they took in the second round last year, who they really like, and Trenton Watford, who, uh was a two-way guy at the beginning of last season out of LSU and then earned a regular contract and then you know was in the rotation this year he got to play more they got kind of extended look at some of the guys they traded for at the deadline which and, and you know I think Matisse Thibel is somebody they are going to try to keep Cam Reddish maybe goes either way but this year at least you could look at it and say they're finding stuff out about some of these guys that they might actually keep long term Last year was a different thing. They were just... They were literally... Like, there were multiple games where they were starting, like, Dame's cousin, Kelgen Blevins, who I believe is playing in Romania right now. Oh. And then, like, Didi Luzada and Elijah oh, Hughes. Yeah. And, like, these dudes that are, like, clearly not NBA players. That was, like... It was, like, some of the worst lineups I've ever seen a team throughout there since, like, the peak, you know, Sam Hinkie process Sixers. This was not that. Like, the losses were there because the talent level was not there, but it just uh you know it, i it th- this was a little bit of a different thing than uh than last year well,
2: that's that's good then um i guess I gotta talk about dame uh and i guess just like the building around dame and of course like it's the meme at this point asking about dame and the loyalty thing and whatever he says he's gonna stay and he's gonna stay i guess do you think there will be like whatever he's kind of put whatever the onus on the front office like We need to make some moves this offseason, ready for them to be aggressive. Um, First of all, like, I guess anything you are thinking about, and we could talk about the Bulls kind of coming to this later, anything you're kind of eyeing or you think they're eyeing? And do you think there is any point where Dame will actually could possibly ask out in the next year or two if things do not go well for them?
3: If they come into this training camp with, like, the same roster that they had last year, like, if – yeah. If it's Dame, Simon's, Nurkic, Grant coming like, back, if if, yeah, Grant's gonna come back. Like okay, yeah. I, that's 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 gonna be a twelve oh one on June thirtieth. That like that's that's that that's not gonna be that's 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 done. But like I, I kind of figured, yeah, yeah. But uh, if it's the exact same roster or like the same core, then I think at that point that might be when you start having the conversation, but. I think here's and here here's the thing. I think a lot of this is going to be dictated by, you know, we're what, six days out now of the lottery. Lottery. Yep. See where the pick lands. Obviously, they're not going to trade the pick if it's number one, because that's, you know, that's that's you're getting LeBron, you're getting Tim yeah. Duncan. It's like that level of franchise changing event. I think if they don't get number one, they're going to trade the pick. Wow. Yeah. So even if they get number two, you think that that trade is that pick is getting traded?
1: Yes, I think that they would get some wonderful offers.
3: That's they I the think picking the draft up. I think they think they would get some wonderful offers as well. That's the <laughs> thing is like I will tell you. I mean, as far as as far as like what they might be looking at. I was I would have put Jalen Brown kind of at the high top of this list, but you know, at 30 minutes before we started report, recording, he just was announced as one Super of Supermax made all NBA. So yeah. if he's eligible for that supermax, I don't think that's necessarily in play. But you're looking at kind of that, like the Jalen Brown, uh Pascal Siakam, like that yeah. there are gonna be guys at that level of, you know you know, that type of guy who, who's like a legitimate upgrade and is like an impact guy who, you know, would help them win. Like those are the types of guys. I think they're like ideal dream target. And I don't know how feasible this is anymore, but the guy that I think would like check every single box would be Mikael Bridges. I think he might not be gettable anymore because he was just too good when he got to Brooklyn, but that That's one where I think if the pick moves up to two or three, they might be able to actually have some conversations there and get something done there. Because at that point, that's one of those ones where like, you know, you've seen all those reports, but like, oh, Memphis offered four first round picks for Mikhail Bridges. What are those picks? Yeah. What are those picks? Like quantity of picks is whatever. Like, you know, that that's just, you know, that can be that can be anything. When If they have the second or third pick, and, you know, Ricky obviously knows more about the draft than I do, but from what I've heard and people I've talked to, if this draft didn't have Victor Wembenyama in it, who is the most hyped prospect since LeBron, Scoot Henderson and Brandon Miller would both be, like, perfectly reasonable candidates to go number one pretty much any other year, right? Yeah, Yeah. I'm a bit of a Miller skeptic. Sure, but just generally speaking, that's, like, roughly... So yeah. at that point, a trade like that becomes more of a trading Andrew Wiggins for Kevin Love type of situation, where you know you 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 can get you can get some stuff done with with the number two pick, and I think Simons would be the the salary slash other actual asset that would be because because I think the thing that they know and both Joe Cronin and Chauncey Billups like didn't say this outright, but they kind of stepped right up to the line, and they kind of all know that this is the case. Anthony Simons and Shaden Sharp can't both be on the roster. Yeah. They have to trade one or the other. And I think given the upside and, you know, also honestly the contract, I mean, Simon's contract is actually pretty good, but like the, you know, Sharp being on a rookie deal for three more years and what he showed the last month of the season, I think they would prefer it to be sharp that they keep. And so my, You know, the baseline that I'm kind of operating from is that Simons plus their lottery pick, plus, you know, if you need to like put Nurkic in there to make the money work or whatever, like that's that is like the kind of baseline of like what they would be offering for any of these guys that they might be trying to go after. And of course, the higher the pick is in the lottery. The more you know, the the higher you know caliber of guy you might be able to get with that package. But that's kind of that's kind of where they're operating at this point.
1: Dude, Simons and the second pick is a hell of a package. You should you be can- able to get really good because I think Simons is good. I mean, I'm curious your take on Anthony Simons at this point of his career. But like Um, just the second pick is gonna have so much value. Yeah, you can get Mikhail Bridges for that, probably, right? Yeah, I mean the nets are I
2: mean, where the nets going with like they have all these guys, but they're obviously not good. I thought they'd be better than they were going to be, but like and they have whatever Cam Johnson, Mikhail. They've all that's the type of that's
3: the like that's That's the type and it's I was I was it was actually really funny because remember like a few weeks ago, Dane was sitting courtside at that Nets game. And everybody knows he's friends with Mikhail Bridges because they work out together with Phil Beckner, who's their both their trainer. In the summer, like that's kind of their guy and their friends and all that stuff. And of course, you got you saw the oh, Dame to is Dame try is Mikhail rooting, da- re- you know, recruiting no, Dame other to way Brooklyn. Around. <laughs> yeah, it's the other first, first of all, what the hell is Brooklyn trading Portland for? Yeah. Like, what they're gonna take Ben Simmons's contract and which is the worst contract in the league, and then a bunch of like mid, you know, Suns picks four years out. Like, no, right, no, that's <laughs> ridiculous, but like, but. No, like, that that's the type of guy, though, that they... And, like, Dame, from what I've heard, Dame has been, like, talking to... Like, you, you yeah. saw kind of what happened with Jeremy Grant. Like, the two of them became close during the Olympics, and they started talking about it. And then, you know, a year later, they got... Like, Dame has been putting in work, you know, trying to get guys. Like, I... Yeah. It's just a matter of if everything lines up as far as like the offer, you know, what where their pick lands and what that means. Cause like if if they move down, if they stay at five or if they move down to six or seven, which is possible, uh you can still get somebody, but you probably have to attach more future picks. And that's yeah. where like the Chicago pick right. is gonna have to come or the Chicago protections and stuff is gonna have to come in. But to, Ricky, to answer your question about Simons's value, like I mean, I think he he had a really good year. I think he would do he would be better in a situation where he isn't playing next to a guy I mean it's it's the he and CJ like obviously like there's kind of the yeah there's kind there's kind of like the oh well they traded CJ and did you know got rid of C you know the Dame CJ thing just to do the same thing they're not similar they're not the same player necessarily Simons is a better finisher and a better playmaker than CJ is but the size issues are still there the defensive issues are still there. It's like a slightly different looking version of the same concept. Right. But as far as the value and stuff, like that CJ contract was a negative value contract. And I think it still is now, especially since you've got an extension at similar money for for New Orleans. Like, I don't think that's what the Simon You know, and actually, you know, to bring this kind of back to a bull's angle. And I said this at the time that they signed that contract. That Simon's deal that he's on right now, I think is pretty similar. Like the money, the number is different because the cap's gone up or whatever. But the offer sheet that Zach Levine signed with Sacramento that the Bulls matched and people were looking at at the time, like what has he really done? Like that's kind of an overpay. He outperformed that contract pretty easily and then he got a max on his next deal. I kind of think Simon's is going to outperform the deal that he's on right now. I mean, if you look at... You know, the other guys from, you know, not not the same draft class, but like the other guys that play that position that signed kind of similar deals this offseason in that kind of same age range. When you look at Jordan like the Poole. deal that Jordan Tyler Poole U- got or Oof. Tyler Hero or R.J. Barrett, wouldn't you say that you'd rather have Simons at four for 100 than any of those guys at four for like 130? With the possible exception Uh, of Hero, like here, like here, Hero has like proven it in the playoffs and stuff. But like, like the Simon's deal is pretty good, and so if you package that with, like, like as far as as far as like the money stuff, Simon's plus Nurkic gets you to forty, so that's enough to match the money, like, to make the salary work on whichever of these trades, like they whoever whoever it is that they you know go after, and then if you know whatever their pick is again, if that pick is two or three. You can do a lot with that, and you know. And so it's it's just it's just going to be a matter of like what they you know what's out there. Like I like I was saying earlier, I think Jalen Brown was somebody that they had penciled in as somebody to go after. Him making All NBA probably makes that less likely if Boston is willing to give him that super max. I don't see him really on the block, but like you know, the guys of guys of that level, I think is what they're is what they're kind of trying to do.
2: Bringing the bulls back in, we can talk about the bulls just in general as well. Uh, exactly, you know, one of the, our group chats that we talk in, we are, we've like try, trying to figure out like if we're gonna the bulls are gonna make trades, blow up their big three, whatever. That's putting it very kindly. Uh, like, didn't, if, didn't
3: our say at exit interviews that he's not gonna do that? Uh, he yep. basically
2: did, and we assume that they're not going to. But <laughs> of course, we talk about it all the time again just in our group chats just because we want to talk about them not running it back. And like again, it always comes up like, oh, like because the Blazers whatever, looking to make upgrades, like if there's any way they would be interested at all. And like, whatever, DeMar, Zach, whoever, Vooch, whatever, obviously Vooch is a free agent. And like, I, I think the DeMar thing has come all the time. It's just like, I feel like I just don't see DeMar really as a fit for, it. I mean, the Blazers were a great offensive team and just their defense was a dumpster fire. And like Demar's just not going to fix that. So like, and obviously Zach is on a huge contract and like Zach's good, but, how good is he and what he's maybe like you could just say that the Blazers are hoping that Simons turns into a guy like him. I mean, do you see like any way the Blazers would have any interest in anybody on the bulls?
3: I mean, outside of those three, I think if they were to offload Caruso and and the price was not super high, I think that's something they'd be interested in. But as far as the, as far as the main guys, I think there's an outside chance that they could view DeMar as like a plan D or a plan E if everything else falls yeah. through. But I think they're, as far as like what they're looking to do with Simons or their picks or whatever, I think they're aiming a little bit higher than any of those guys. And as far as the Levine thing, I know there were some rumors out there last there were, That's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> that Portland was thinking about You know, making a run at him, that was just kind of clutch putting it out there that, hey, this other team could create (laughs) cash. But like if you're if you're Portland, like you have Anthony Simons, who's 23 on a pretty good contract, plays that position and doesn't have an extensive injury history. So you're going to trade him for a guy making almost twice as much money who's five years older and has had multiple knee surgeries I I don't see it. Right. Yeah. So, So I don't I don't I don't know if there's I think I think the way that happens if there's a bulls blazers trade and it always gets complicated. I'm I'm I try to stay in my coverage and what I do. I always kind of try to stay away from doing the trade machine thing yeah. because <laughs> you know, as somebody who actually covers the team and is like around and talks to people like it yeah. gets aggregated into, It'll you know, trading, I'm doing this, I'm doing the, I'm doing, I'm doing the Brian Windhorse. Don't aggregate this. I'm not <laughs> reporting. Like I'm doing, I'm doing that right now, but I would say that the way it could work would be like the bulls would trade Zach or DeMar or whoever to a third team and the third team would, and then Portland would send, you know, picks or Simons or whatever to that. And then what what whatever it may be, I don't know. Like maybe there's like a three-way deal where like Zach Levine goes to like Toronto and like Pascal Siakam goes to Portland. I guess something like that. I don't know. That, that's the way I could see that happening. I don't think just directly one-to-one Portland to Chicago. I don't think there's really anything there for, their you know the main three guys yeah. that you're talking about i kind of figured as much um as somebody who used to cover the bulls back in the day
2: <laughs> just uh from afar now uh now you're covering the blazers from afar how do you just de- uh how do you th- think about the t- the team in general what they should do with this core they are obviously super mediocre this year they fall short of the uh, the playoffs—they just missed it. They had a lead against the Miami Heat, who could possibly go to the Eastern Conference Finals tonight. By the time this podcast is up, it will, that game will be over against the Knicks. This first quarter that's happening right now looks like it's one of the worst quarters of basketball of all time. But yeah, you know, I haven't the there. there. I'm not, it looks I'm not upset bad.
3: to me not be paying super close
2: <laughs> yeah, attention. It looks to ugly, it. but yes, and the Bulls are in the spot where obviously we've been following them closely. We have been. Upset again. It's not, it's not obviously it's not boiling bad when the last like whatever the last couple years after the Jimmy trade and all that. And it was some brutal stuff. Uh, but still a very disappointing season. Uh and after the the team they put together last year, which is really fun for like half a season, then the Lonzo stuff goes down. They've made like no moves, they've done the whole continuity thing, whatever. Patrick Beverly almost saved them this year. But now you're in a situation where Vooch is going to free agency. He's whatever, 32-33. You got tomorrow entering the last year of his deal. I mean, it seems like it gives you like a clear, clean opportunity to possibly whatever kind of change the calculus of this team. They probably should have traded Vooch ahead of the, ahead of the deadline, but it didn't. Um. So just we're, we're from afar, and as someone who used to cover the Bulls, even though it was a different... When did you stop covering them? Was that 20... Three alphas era. Was, was that 2017? Year. Three alphas was my last year. Last guess. year? So yeah, right before the Jimmy trade. So yeah. What do you what what do you think about the Bulls? What do you think they should do? Because uh, we're just like hopeless right now, hoping for they win the lottery—the one point eight chance percent chance to get Wemby.
3: Honestly, even if they don't get Wemby, if they get number two, like Scoot, like there, there's your there's your Lonzo replacement for that whole thing. The, 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 Lon, oh, the Lonzo thing, I think, just completely screwed them. Right, the, of course, like. Like that's, that's, you know, the, the, the the analog to that is newly minted Blazers draft represent lottery representative, Brandon Roy. That's kind of (laughs) the similar trajectory when they, as soon as they announced that he had like a meniscus uh, transplant surgery, I was just like, okay, he's never playing basketball again. That's just that it's, it's a wrap, but like, I think, I mean, they made a bunch of a cup over the last couple of years they made a bunch of bets and just none of them paid off. And I honestly, like, I understood what they were doing in a vacuum. All of the, even the Vucevic trade, which in retrospect is kind of a disaster when you (laughs) look at what Orlando, you know, they got uh, Franz Wagner with that pick and they have more picks and they have like a good young core now. Like I, I understand that at the time I didn't. and And I mean, I will also say up front, I also didn't think the Rudy Gobert trade was a terrible idea from the Wolves standpoint at the time that it happened. Obviously it's gone the way that it's gone, but maybe that's just my own, like the way my own sensibilities have evolved that, you know, it feels like a lot of media and people covering the league and also just like on social media, and, you know, there's just a lot of the stuff that I see. Everybody is so obsessed with like the asset management Pick, side. Yeah. Of which is also, which is always why I get annoyed when people say, Oh, you know, Portland should just blow it up and trade Dame and start over. It's like, okay, you might turn into Orlando post Dwight Howard if you do that and just be nothing for 10 years. But anyway, I think maybe just as a reaction to all of like that, that type of like way that the NBA is mostly talked about now, where everything is just about like, oh, if you're not one of the, you know, two teams competing for a title, you should be trying to tank and you should, you know, trade all your good players for picks instead of paying them money. I always respect it when teams try to uh, actually be like, you know what? Screw these picks. We're going to try to go get good players and actually try to win and try to compete. So I respected what they were trying to do with the Vucevic trade and with the Demar trade and the long- like. I I saw what they were trying to do and I was like, cool. They're going for it. They're trying to be good. And then just none of it worked out. Vucevic, like he's, he's been up and down. He's been good at times, but he hasn't been the guy that you trade three first round picks he's or whatever fine. for. He's, solid. Yeah, he's, he's a solid yeah. center. Yeah. Right. Right. But he's, you know, for what they gave up for him, you kind of wanted him to be more than that. So like that, that one didn't work out. Obviously the Lonzo stuff, he was awesome. And he was like a perfect fit when he was healthy, but then, you know, his career basically for all intents and purposes is over now because of the, uh, the knee stuff. So that one didn't work out. And then, Damar's been really solid yeah. and Damar has been pretty much what they brought him in to do, but he's also what is he like 34 and yeah. not a good like I I got what they were trying to do at the time and I liked that they were going about I agree. it kind of in a different way, but it just hasn't worked out and now they're stuck and now I don't really know what they do. Go- I mean, you can't you can't run it back. You can't bring all three of those guys yeah. back, right? So I Agreed. don't know what they do. I feel like I feel like the guy out of the three of them. And, you know, Vucevic, they might just have to take the L on that and just like let, if he gets another offer, just say, OK, you know, maybe try to work out a sign and trade. But you might just have to cut your losses on that one and just say, yeah, we made a bad bet. It didn't work out. You know, sorry, we're moving on. But I feel like Jamar is the guy that you can probably get more for than Zach if you shop him. I don't know exactly like who, what the team is or what the trade is. I Like I said, I don't really get too deep into like yeah. hypothetical trades. Just generally speaking, but I feel like be, between you know Zach, you know, with Zach's contract and his injury history and like the defensive issue, like I feel like you can get more for Demar than you could for Zach. So I might, I might, I might look there. But yeah, I don't know. They're kind of there's kind yeah, of stuff. Right?
2: They. they need the lottery. Yeah, and my take has always just been and now has been just like you can't run it back. Although A.K. says they might, sure you seems like know. they're
3: going to. Yeah,
2: who knows? But then the issue is then like Demar is probably going to want an extension, and it's like you can't do that. You can't yeah, as awesome as he's been. Like you can't sink more money into it. And like same with Vooch. Like if Vooch comes back, I don't know what his market's going to be like at all for a fine center, but like not a big difference making yeah. center. Like like I said, in the pl- the two playing games, like Vooch is just there. He's like he's just kind of there. Like in the Heat game. He had like 12 and nine and was just like there. The Raptors game, I don't think he was very good. I just like, and like in the playoffs against the Bucks last year, again, he was, he put up some decent numbers, but he's just like not like a huge difference making guy. He puts up some solid stats. Like he's a nice player, pretty skill, still skilled. It's a decent shooter, but just like good rebounder, but he's just like not that great. And like, do you want to sink more money into Nikola Vucevic at whatever, 33, 34? And it's like, no. So like, unless he comes back for super cheap, it does seem like whatever, Vooch goodbye like if you get anything for the sign and trade that would be ideal um and then maybe you do try to whatever keep Demar I don't know I, I would I've said that I'd be fine whatever you keep Zach you try to trade something for Demar or trade Demar if you get sign and trade for Vucci and you try to see what you got with your young guys I mean Patrick Williams we still don't really know what he is Dale and Terry barely played this season uh Kobe White did get better uh he's gonna be a restricted freight though as well and who knows of what he's gonna He's going to get on the market. He did start showing like he can actually play the last month or two. Uh, even for most of the season, he was pretty good after a slow start. So like if they went with Zach and younger guys for a year or so, and then whatever, if Zach asks out at some point, which you might, like, I don't know, Zach's only been in the playoffs once. He has one playoff win. And if he just gets sick of a out, well, then you trade him and you just told totally, and it you, and you rebuild. So it's like, It is a weird spot where it doesn't feel like there's any good outs, and that's why. Rig the lottery, get Wemby, or whatever, get Scoot, uh, (laughs) and like that does seem like the best way out of it, but it is a weird spot for them.
1: Yeah, even if they get the fourth pick, just keeping this pick would be so huge for the Bulls' future chances because they are so light on draft picks going forward. They also owe a, a... The the reporting they owe something to the Spurs uh, Spurs yeah for Demar Demar trade yeah and I was gonna say the reporting's been weird on that like some people say it's top ten some people say it's top eight protected one Uh, but whatever it is either top eight top ten who cares that's just another pick out the door and I don't think that the Bulls plan on being bad enough in twenty twenty five to you know potentially keep that pick because as Jerry Reinsdorf just said in an interview if you oh I saw this if (laughs) you finish third or fourth your fans are still engaged and your fans still want to come to the ballpark and your fans are going to be happy with the product. So the Bulls think they're doing an excellent job because they were very close to making the playoffs. Financial champs, baby. During a season where right. Lonzo Ball didn't play and they didn't pay the luxury tax. So, uh, you know, you called Ben Simmons the worst contract in the NBA. I can probably Lonzo. At least Ben Simmons can
3: take the floor, but he might barely. Yeah, be but you can, you're going to—they're going to get medical relief for—they're going to get like the the medical, you know, retirement designation year. for long. And they're—I don't know. Yeah, yeah I, I hear you, but also the the, the i feel like the Simmons deal is longer, right? I don't have it off the top of my head, but
1: I can't yeah, remember exactly. Two more years, Alonzo at twenty million dollars a year and they're not going to get any sort of relief for it because they're planning on trying to have him come back and be part of the team next season potentially or maybe I don't think that's going to gonna go happen.
2: Out. I don't think so either.
3: <laughs> but yeah, he had surgery. So, he had the surgery what like 18 months ago and he still isn't running. First like, I don't I mean he's had three Andy, surgeries on this Right. And I like, like, don't the know first, what it is. The original <laughs> one and then he had the the, the when, as soon as they said the most recent one was uh a cartilage transplant i was like yeah okay this is it like it's over
2: <laughs> yeah <laughs> rough rough stuff um yeah it's not what bulls, you want tough place yeah not what you want with the chicago bulls um like i said bulls and blazers both trying to figure out where they're going here and we'll i mean see. it's
3: pretty obvious what portland's trying to do yeah, they at least have a play it's yeah. pretty easy to see what their plan is it's just a matter of how well are they going to be able to execute it and that's all going to come into focus i yeah, think with in- F- next week you know, with, with when, when when you see where the lottery lands. Yeah.
2: Anyways, let's talk about the playoffs real quick. We could wrap it up here.
3: Um, and,
1: you know, Jason, I, I'm going to interrupt you real
3: oh quick. Oh, yeah.
2: But
1: Heiken also, you know, he covered Jimmy Butler on the Bulls. So yeah. I want to transition this into saying, Heiken, you know, what, what do you think about this Jimmy run? Are you surprised Jimmy is still playing at this level six years after the Bulls traded him? This trade is still somehow haunting. The Bulls, all these years later, uh, or you
3: know, so what do you what do you make of this Jimmy run? I thought it was a terrible trade at the time, and it looks even worse now. I mean, the way that they, I mean, just just the way that that whole thing, and here and here and here's the thing: even the part of that trade that has ended up working out okay for the Bulls, which is getting Zach Levine, they were happy to get Levine, but the prize of that trade to them was Chris Dunn. They thought Chris Dunn was the next Dwayne Wade. And they didn't even scout Lowry Markkinen before the draft like they just took him at number seven because he was like number seven on all the mock drafts I know I, I know that pretty solidly that he they did they, they, they he would they were not like super high it wasn't like oh we really want Lowry Markin that's part of why we're doing this trade they basically traded Rose decided not to fully blow it up kept Jimmy signed Rondo and Wade basically to because they're big names who would sell tickets they thought and then, when that obviously didn't work, as everybody could see, it wasn't going to work, they just kind of threw their hands up and were like, well, I guess you just can't build around Jimmy Butler, so we should trade him. And yep. yeah, they viewed Jimmy as being the reason the team was
1: 500. Uh, is like, you know, well, when it this- turns out he was the reason the team was 500, just
2: not the way they thought. So, yeah, it would have been exactly. much worse. <laughs> much, much worse. Exactly. <laughs> you mentioned the Chris Dunn thing. I mean, remember. They he actually to trade. A, he actually had a decent year for the Jazz did, this year. He did, but the Bulls wanted to trade Jimmy for to draft Chris Dunn. The yeah, yeah, they
3: almost traded him to the Celtics the yeah, year before for the number for
2: three the, pick. That was when like that, Jay Crowder yeah. and like Avery Bradley like were in those rumors. Yeah. And, like that number three pick, they were going to trade Jimmy. Yeah, or Avery, or whatever the number three pick, and like one or two of those. It was guys. like it was like Avery Bradley in the third pick or yeah, something yeah. like that. And
3: they didn't, they obviously didn't do it, but then they did it the next year after whatever they failed. But yeah, no, I remember I was still covering the team at the time. Yeah. Chris Dunn was who they wanted because they thought yeah. he was the next Dwayne Wade. Yeah, I remember they loved Chris Dunn for mm-hmm.
2: several years, and they took him. In. He, it is funny that he, I mean, he had a good season with Utah. Lowry obviously blossomed into an all-star with Utah. That was, uh, I mean, good for good for those guys. All these guys, as soon as they leave the Bulls, yeah. I mean, Bobby Portis became an NBA champ. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I know. Nico, Nikola Nikolaimitic had a big season with the with the Pelicans. I uh, mean, he's obviously you know, back in Europe now. But I made a joke that Denzel Valentine needs to go uh, sign him with the Jazz now. Maybe he'll have a, a career resurgence. But uh, um, c Red yeah.
3: Fred is going to like have to move to Salt Lake City. If I know. That happens. Yeah,
2: exactly. Uh, but yeah, the Jimmy thing. We uh, yeah, I told myself I was over the Jimmy trade like last year. And then the Bulls sucked this year, and now Jimmy's like almost possibly going. Dude, he's to East been him and, him and him and, I mean,
3: beside like besides Devin Booker, he's been the best player in the yeah,
2: playoffs. So absolutely wild stuff. Yeah, and the and like Jokic, like those three dudes have just been like yeah. far and away the three best. Uh, so yeah. So looking at the playoffs, then I mean, it's kind of totally. It is kind of wide open. The Heat take out the Bucks, who was a lot of people's title favorites. Mine, I believe, right now, like odds favorites. I think it's the Nuggets, Lakers, and Sixers. They're all like kind of, and the Celtics they are all kind of like who like. What, like, who knows what's going on here? Like, Sixers are up 3-2. Lakers got the 3-1. They're playing the night later against the Warriors. Uh, we got Heat are trying are playing right now, as mentioned, uh, in a very ugly game. They're up 3-1. Um, and then we got 3-2 Nuggets with a big win for them last night. Sean, who are you, who are you uh,
3: who's your team right now? Who do you think is going to win it all? The team I think I feel the best about right now is Denver, just on yeah. a night-to-night basis. Like, even even that game they lost the other night to tie the series. Like, they were in that game and just... Booker and the Durant Booker. went yeah. nuclear, and yeah. I feel I feel better about them than I do about any of the teams left in the West. And I, you know, they've been a hell of a lot more consistent than, like, I guess I guess Miami's been pretty consistent just because of the you know matchups that they've gotten. They're not good. They, They're not. If good. they get if they get out of the East somehow, like I feel a lot better about Denver. Like I I, I kind of think Denver at this point is the is the team I feel the best about, but. I don't know. There's no. It, this is such a weird year for the for you know even trying to handicap this stuff. I'm really I'm it really, really glad I'm I'm really glad I'm out of the prediction business and I no longer work for a national outlet where I like have to have publicly to do it. have a take about any of this stuff yeah. if I don't want to.
1: <laughs> Rookie, where are you at right now on this? Yeah, you know, if you listen to Hoop Collective today, I think uh, Dave McMenon just sort of like rode off the. Fact that the Nuggets would ha- even have a chance against the Lakers because they're the Denver Nuggets, and they would go up against the Los Angeles Lakers. I would pick the Nuggets in that series, but I would think that pretty the, easily to me. I think that there's a chance the Lakers could win just because the Lakers generate so many points off free throws, and Davis is playing at an incredibly high level. Uh, the way that. Phoenix has defended Jokic is basically like played him straight up and made sure that he has to beat them as a scorer and not getting everyone else involved. Well, you know, could AD give Jokic some problems? Like I think that Jokic is incredible, but AD's playing at a super high level. Although like one-on-one Jokic just has so much weight on him that he could probably establish some pretty good post position. I would pick Denver in the series against the Lakers. If that series does happen, uh, but I would think the Lakers have a chance. So the team I feel best about, I agree with Heiken, is Denver. I would pick Denver to win the championship. I think it would be really fun if we got a Denver
3: Philly Embiid versus Jokic. Oh take- God, I just I, I don't want to deal with the I just I'm over it. The, the MVP discourse just you no. Know, I
4: yeah, it'd but now fun both from a basketball one. standpoint,
3: but yeah, but they both won one, so now that MVP doesn't really matter. Jokic has yeah, two. but whichever one, like, like if Jokic wins, if if, if Denver wins and it's like, oh, well, you know, you guys tried to say that he shouldn't have been third time MVP because he hadn't done anything in the playoffs. And then if Embiid wins, it's like, see, Jokic was fraudulent the whole time. Like, I can just already see like the first take Kyron's like happening as like in real time.
1: Yeah, but I just want to watch those two guys go against each other. No, I seven. agree. I think Dude, that, would that would be, be, be the sweet.
3: most fun series out of the yeah. out of the teams. that are. They rough. haven't
1: played a lot, you know. is going to be coming up with weird injuries to duck the matchup with Jokic in the NBA Finals. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. Embiid's awesome, and Philly could totally win that series if they were to play Denver. Yeah, it's just, it's wide open for sure. It does feel like the NBA got its wish that I think that it put into motion a few years ago and, you know, more recent collective bargaining agreements, which was parody.
3: You got all this parody and it still somehow resulted in the Lakers and the Warriors being like making deep playoff runs <laughs> in the heat, in the, you know, the, the, Celtics, bubble,
2: but, the bubble four or the,
3: the bubble teams. And yeah, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know if you guys have heard this before. I don't know if you've ever heard this point made on any of the, you know, national shows or podcasts or whatever, but it's just so much better for the NBA when the garden is rocking and the Knicks are good. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever heard that point made. before.
2: Never heard, never heard it. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. And I've been the team who has been like, I hate the Celtics, uh, but I, like, I keep thinking that they actually are like really good. And the, I mean, the ass whooping the Sixers put on them yesterday was crazy. Uh, they were, I know they were in the spot last year and then they beat Milwaukee two in a row and they go to the finals and then they, they choked in the finals. But so like, yeah, with them, like kind of falling off now, like I definitely don't feel about them as good anymore. I would, I would also love the MB, uh Jogic final. Although I'm now like my, I have a friend who just keeps like, he's been on the Lakers all year. Uh, my guy Chris Sean or not Sean Ricky, you know, Chris, uh, he's been on the Lakers all year. I have another friend who's a Lakers fan, And like, he's just like, Lakers are winning it all, Lakers are winning it all. I'm just like, no way, no way. And like, now it's like, oh my god, like, they're gonna freaking do it. Like, the Nuggets, like, the Nuggets probably should beat the Lakers, assuming the Lakers do advance, but it's like, 80s playing great, and like, they're getting these performances from Lonnie Walker and Austin Reeves, and Russell had a huge game, like, Rui Hachimura, and it's like it just feels like everything is coming up Lakers. And I'm like, are we going to get like, if we got Lakers Celtics, I mean, that'd be kind of fun rivalry wise, but it's like, I do hope a like, Jokic and would be awesome. That'd be just kind of cool. Obviously some new blood with those two teams. So we'll see. Like I said, it is, does, it is cool to, to be actually kind of wide open. Like I do kind of like the parody of it. Uh, I was said there's so As many an times
3: impartial observer. I'm rooting for the team that the discourse would annoy me the least. And, <laughs> and by default, that's Dan.
1: Fair enough. Fair enough.
3: Also, Jason,
1: you know, do we get like fiercely protective over Michael Jordan's legacy if LeBron wins one? Oh, yeah. Well, LeBron needs one more to tie Jordan. Is he going to get it? It is crazy that the Lakers have been this successful with LeBron deferring in crunch time to Lonnie Walker. LeBron standing with his hands on his hips on the side while Lonnie Walker hunts Steph on a switch and then hits pull up jumpers in his face again and again and again and He's not the only one, like you said, Jason. It's a new guy for the Lakers every night. It's been wild, wild to watch. And really, A D is what he's the glue. Yeah, he's been awesome. Hold the whole sure. team together. Yeah. He's been insane defensively. Uh yeah, I would pick Denver, but man, I don't know. It's tough to it's tough to pick against any of the teams that currently have a lead. Even the Heat like I don't think the Heat are going to win the title that would be insane. That that team sucks. I just don't like, think they have, they're like, good. Yeah, Jimmy rules, seven, but like they're not good. <laughs> they have seven undrafted guys in the rotation, but like you know Spolstra in the playoffs just seems to like find a way to like just like figure out the other team's weakness, figure out where he has even a little bit of leverage and just hammer that again and again. So it's been a it's been a fun playoffs. I've loved these playoffs.
2: How do you guys Where do feel we land the on the Warriors
3: in in this point? Do we think this is over for them the the whole runs
2: probably. state i think they'll yeah. win i think they'll win tonight i don't i, I can't see
3: oh i mean i think the lakers are winning the series yeah. but do oh, we think that this general. is as far as i don't know cuz circling back to uh portland you know possible off season targets draymond I, all I'll say is that I don't think it's an accident that Dame was tweeting about how he didn't think Draymond should have been suspended. Oh, yeah. The Sabonis thing. Or or I, he had one the other night with the Jokic-Ishbia thing where he was like, yeah, imagine if Draymond did that. He would have gotten like – I don't think those tweets are not without their purpose.
2: Yeah. Dame's been really, he's been really thirsty on Twitter. He was uh, tweeting I told you, I, I've been telling yeah. you guys. Tweet Giannis and worse. Blazers jerseys.
3: <laughs> the KD one that he then took down because I think someone at the league office got mad oh, really? for it. But no, he's, 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 he's out there. He's trying to, he's trying to make it happen. It's just a matter of, you know, what they're able to get done. To me, the
1: end of the Warriors depends on if they can trade Jordan Poole to then give Draymond
3: another deal. How many picks do you have to attach to that contract at this point to like, we were, we were yeah. talking about Simmons and Lonzo being the worst contract. Like that's gotta be top five, right?
2: Yeah. Like, he's a weird, yeah. like, is he this bad? Like he was good last season. And like during the regular season, like his numbers look okay. I know he's a bozo. I mean, his play is like a bozo and like this playoffs, he's been terrible. So it's like, The real Jordan Poole is like probably somewhere in between, like not this bad, but not like what, like his last playoff run last year. Like you look at his numbers, they were insane. I think he shot like over 50% or something like that. And he was almost 40% from three, just total nuclear run. Uh, So he's certainly not that good. And he just plays dumb. So like, I don't know. It's such a weird, it certainly does not look like that's going to turn out to be good. So I don't know. It's a weird deal with him.
3: Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see how this stuff plays out. That's.
2: I'm excited. Like, it excited. It makes it all fun. It makes it a lot more yeah. fun than when we don't have these. While well, dynasties can be fun and like the Warriors have been a lot of fun to watch just play basketball because they're aesthetically pleasing. Like it's nice to kind of have, again, some of these new teams and, and have some of this parody, like we really, it's nice to not really know like who's going to win at all. But it's like the KD Warriors, it's like, they're probably going to win. They're, they're ridiculously loaded. And, like,
3: yeah, now
2: it's all these teams are pretty equal. So it's cool. I don't know. Yeah. We'll see how it plays out um i got nothing else we all good here we should we wrap it up
3: let's do it all right right. sean thank you so
2: much for joining us let tell our listeners know give uh where they can find you and your work social media online on the internet
3: well my twitter handle is at hike and i'm sure i probably still have some people that follow me from back in the days when i was on the bulls beat i'm on the portland trailblazers beat now doing it kind of the Kind of the Substack way, kind of similar to what Derek Bodner is doing in Philadelphia or James Hamm in Sacramento. Those are uh, kind of you know the examples that I sort of give uh, you know other people that are doing it in kind of the same way. Uh, the Rose Garden Report is the name of the site and outlet. It's just rosegardenreport.com. There's a free and paid subscription available. Most of the really good stuff, I think, is behind the paywall podcast same name that's just on all the usual platforms so that's kind of that, that's that's kind of where to get everything and then you know we'll 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 see where things go from there we'll see what happens in in the next week or so and wow that might affect some things but yeah i
1: uh, love the rose garden report subscribe to it i'm a subscriber it's wonderful you get a lot of great insight into portland from Hiken. he covers that team as well as anyone covering a beat in the nba so well, we love very it nice of you to say it's wonderful and yeah. uh hopefully the blazers make the playoffs before 2028 <laughs> I think me, have we have no I, other I, draft picks to really look forward to <laughs> absolutely
2: yes sean thank you so much again uh for joining us always a pleasure i said it's been it's been too long and it's great uh to have a reason to bring you back on we'll have to have you on again another time soon certainly not uh the gap that we that we had it here between these two times so always a pleasure good talking to you man that's gonna do it for us here on this episode of Cash Considerations Ish Bulls Podcast. As always, shout out to Blue Wire. As we're in the middle of these NBA playoffs that we were just talking about, tons of great coverage of the playoffs at Blue Wire, and of course, all the other great pods at Blue Wire. For us here at Cash, the Bulls are obviously not in the playoffs, so we're still here with you. We got the lottery coming up. Please rate and review us. Give us those five-star ratings. Run Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, all those good places. You can follow me on Twitter at Bulls underscore J. You can follow Ricky at SBN underscore Ricky. So for this time, we got again, we got the lottery coming up next week. That is on Tuesday. Cross those fingers, 1.8% chance for Victor Romagnano, I believe it's what I 8% chance or whatever it is to keep the pick, top four. We'll do something next week after the lottery to talk about the results here. Um, and until then, next time, again, cross those fingers to the Bulls. Take it easy. This is last year's Bulls.
0: It's not last year's Bulls.